You've heard the headlines. Get some perspective now with Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Good morning and a happy Tuesday to you. We're going to jump right into the show. The continuing debate, the back and forth about the fees, the taxes on Uber and Lyft. The lead. Yeah, and now the governor has chimed in on it, calling it a tax. Will Phoenix become the only airport in the country not to have Uber or Lyft? The two rideshare companies have been threatening to pull out after the Phoenix City Council approved a fee increase for both drop-off and pick-up at the airport. That fee increase not to go into effect until February 1st, but Uber and Lyft both say they already have plans to pull out of serving Sky Harbor here in just a few weeks. Yeah, and uh, you're you're hearing from, again, a variety of people on this and weighing in as we talked about yesterday, Pamela, something that I think didn't quite get, maybe it got lost over the holidays. What's that? That, was, oh, yeah. that we oh, heard was. that January 1st, Uber and Lyft would stop serving uh, Phoenix Sky Harbor. That, that ban on their part has been delayed, but then again, so has the fee which was supposed to go into place been delayed as well as far as i can tell it's as clear as mud we now have uber as far as we can tell saying they're going to wait about another what two weeks before they decide whether they're done with sky and the reason why they're both waiting a few more weeks is because the state attorney general is investigating a complaint was filed uh, saying that the fee increase that Phoenix uh, City Council approved late December is against the Arizona state constitution. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's talk to the guy who's in charge of the state. We're talking about Governor Doug Ducey. He was on with Gatos last night, and obviously this is a topic that came up. Sure. And here is what Governor Ducey had to say about it. I think this is fixable. I mean, Sky Harbor might be a... a, a, a owned by the city, but it really is a state asset. This is the number one port. This is the way people get into our state, uh, and we want it to be easy. We want it to be accessible. We want our citizens and visitors to, to have convenience. I, I'm not an attorney, but I think it's, it's pretty easy to see that this is going to be overturned uh, upon a challenge. Okay. Mm. All right. So he's taking a look at the state constitution. He's taking a look at the information that we all have in front of us right now. And he's Ber- saying, I don't know how this is not overturned. Bern- Bernovich is lo- uh, Attorney General Bernovich is looking into it. We know this process is moving forward. And then you also had him talk a little bit more with Gatos about what's happening in the city of Phoenix. Yeah. Take a listen to this. Okay. I've gotten to know uh, Mayor Gallego. And we have a good working relationship. I've come to respect her. And I wouldn't be surprised one bit if she's got a plan B that she's working on to, to fix this. Okay, so you hear that and you go, Plan hmm. B. Mayor Gallego may yeah. have a plan B. Is he serious? I'm confident that Mayor Gallego's got something in her back pocket and she she's, she's bright and I'm sure she's got a fix. Okay, so is the governor hmm. just kind of telegraphing the punch here? Does he know something we don't know? we don't know uh-huh. and he's kind of saying it without saying okay, it. Okay, okay. It's possible. Now what that is, I don't know. Will we see it in the next two weeks? Well, we're going to kind of have to. Um, but Governor Doug Ducey also sat down with Gatos and and he said something I think a few people will take an exception to. It's a tax increase. It's going to cost citizens more. It's going to cost people that are coming to our state. Okay, real quick. It's a tax increase. It's It's a tax increase. There was an op-ed that was printed um, in the Republic. 
And it was written by the director of Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport. Got it. And his name is James Bennett. I don't mm-hmm. expect a lot of people to know no. his name. Um, and Mr. Bennett wrote, let me be clear. Ooh. This charge is absolutely not a tax. Not a tax. It's a charge for a profit-making business for the use of the airport. Yet the governor... It's a taxing... It's a tax. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe Mr. Bennett doesn't understand the definition of a tax, because in saying it's not a tax, he then goes on to explain how it's a tax. By the way, the Arizona Constitution says tax fee increase. It 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 it, it is purposely written broad to encompass all of the clever wording. This is how the director of Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport is justifying this. He's saying that we were being misled, and again in his op-ed, he wrote that rideshare companies must pay to access. Airport facility services and improvements, which is not only fair, it is legal. This is consistent with all other companies doing business at Sky Harbor, many of them local small businesses, who willingly pay for their access to use one of the best airports in the country. He's calling this is an access cost. But, okay, that already had existed. And you haven't heard from, at least nobody I've heard, saying, let's get rid of the existing fee that was in place. The argument is the arbitrary increase in the fees, by the way, as I point out, while lowering the fees on taxis at the same time. No one's saying get rid of all the fee. I didn't hear anybody say that. The argument is, I voted for Prop 106. I voted to prevent exactly what Mr. Bennett is trying to do from arbitrarily and capriciously raising fees on Uber and Lyft. The Constitution's clear. He can't do it. The city of Phoenix can't do it. The state of Arizona can't do it. Maricopa County can't do it. So you had Governor Doug Ducey again sitting down with Gatos last night. Sometimes it's this public pressure that actually gets a, a council uh, to, to make a better decision or to or, or Boy, have a better They didn't listen idea. to any public pressure. Well, it doesn't seem like it's going no. away. And every time people go to the airport, they're going to remember it. But is there really public pressure? That's interesting. Is there really public pressure? Okay. Because you and I have talked about this a lot, Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. just in the run-up in December, but when they first voted on this in October. Yeah. When the Phoenix City Council voted on this in October, they did it quickly. And we were one of the first and and only shows to actually talk about this tax increase, this fee that Phoenix City Council was voting on in October. Now, the City Council screwed up on how they went about the vote. They did it too fast. They didn't let people know that this was coming up. So they had to vote on it again in December. If people weren't outraged at the October vote, I get it. Because there wasn't a lot it of It flew under the radar. Absolutely. But there was a vote that took place in December as well. You had more than two months of us talking about it, of it, not just us, but of everybody, all the media outlets mm-hmm. in the Valley talking about it. And how much backlash did the city of Phoenix hear from? I would argue probably not a lot, because as the governor is talking about public pressure, that the city council will work with public pressure. Was there any? Hmm. Because I'm beginning to believe that so many of you out there right now driving don't have the outrage that I have on these fees. I'm open to the possibility that you're like, okay, you know what? I need to get to the airport 
and I want to use an Uber and Lyft. So what's another four or eight bucks if that's the case? It's the cost of convenience. That, that, that you're arguing more pe- the bigger problem people would have was not even having the option to take Uber and Lyft as opposed to the fees. So the pressure, in my opinion, is going to shift. And I don't hmm. think that the pressure would be on the Phoenix City Council to change. I think the pressure would be on Uber or Lyft to change. I don't think give, people give are necessarily upset about paying the additional fee. They will hmm. be upset if they can't get to Phoenix Sky Harbor. Now, I know that they wouldn't be able to get there via Uber or Lyft. If the fees go into place, so you just kind of follow the money. But the outrage will be with the companies Hmm. and them not being able to go. And I also think that a lot of folks out there believe this is just a bunch of noise. What do you mean? That Uber and Lyft really aren't going to pull out. They're They're bluffing. They're still there now. They are there now. Right? Are we going to really be the only airport in the country that doesn't have an Uber or Lyft? Do you really believe that? And if you do, then you also believe that there are going to be another company that comes in and you know what? Serves the airport. Have you heard of Trip? No. TYRP. Oh, boy. There's a new one out there already. New one down there. Thanks to Chris, one of our listeners. That oh, had okay. me. I downloaded the app. I'm going to see what it costs to get All to right. Phoenix Sky Harbor. We'll have that for you later on. But it's one of those things where th- there's going to be a marketplace for it. So mm. I don't think that maybe the outrage that we have in here and, and, and others like Sal DeCicio may have is really translating well, out and, there. And to me, it's a matter of principle. I mean, would I still pay the $4? I don't know. I might. I very well you may. Would. But it is a matter of principle that, again... I've, I voted on Prop 106 to, to specifically prevent things like this from happening. Yeah, but when you ask me to take you to the airport and, and I can't for some reason, or your buddies can't take you and you have to get there, what are I you going to do? Any friends. Yeah. You're going to pay the $4, yeah. principal or not. Do it yourself. DIY, right? Uh, many of you might fancy yourselves as a bit of DIYers around the house, but how many of you can actually fix, repair, Get to the bottom of things without going to the Google machine. We're going to talk about how do-it-yourself has changed and how incompetent some of us are. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. It may not come as a huge surprise, but I am, I am not Mr. Fix-It around the house. <laughs> I am not Bob the Builder uh, by any stretch you know, of the that imagination. That does not surprise me, no? actually. No. Now, I think I... For, but now, now, I say that. Um, I'm probably handier outside of it. I, I, you know, like I can change a, a, a flat tire in a car like it's a NASCAR pit stop. You're good in the garage. Okay. Not in the house. Not so much. I, How about I, the yard? Sprinkler head busts. Can no. you fix it? Oh, no. I don't even know where you <laughs> Drip line, you know, cracks. No, I no. can even do that. I've got people for that. Okay. But um, can you, are you able to fix household problems without going to Google? Because we're finding out that a lot of you can't do what, what they call simple repair, simple fix-it issues Without having a, a YouTube video up there to explain it to you. Okay, all right. So th- this doesn't surprise me, and, no. and, and I'm not outraged by it in the slightest. Um, so do you know how to unclog a drain? Like, Okay, define. What do you mean? Uh, it just, this is what people are asked. So I'm going to ask you the same way that the survey was conducted. Like with a plunger? I'm, with do a, you know with how a, to un- a snake with chemicals? Do you know how to unclog a drain? Yes I or think no? so. You just keep pouring Drano down until it opens okay, up. Okay, you're in the 43%. Okay. Right? Do you know how to install mm-hmm. a drywall anchor? Oh, I most certainly do not. Really? No. Uh, 
what what do you mean like if you're going like to hanging a picture or something yeah if there's not a stud in the wall i just it, nail it in wherever it is wherever i want the but picture. if it's super heavy it's just going to rip right back out well so i just don't put... hang up heavy things okay so the answer is no that's enough uh, i'm in the 25 percent that know how to do this okay thanks to my husband because i've ripped out on how many holes in the wall <laughs> Okay, you so, you yeah. learn you learn by doing uh, it wrong. And let me just tell you, your husband does not like <laughs> it no when you cover the hole with toothpaste. Just don't do that. It's, it doesn't go over well. I'm just okay. These wow. are the tips I'm giving you right now. Okay? I don't know if you should get credit for yeah, that one. No, but okay, I'll no, let you slide. See? No, I learned from my okay, mistakes. Okay, fair all right, enough, fair enough. Um, do you know how to stop a running toilet all by yourself? So here's the thing. Oh, wait. Now, yes it, or no? These when are... you used to take the top of the yes. tank off, you know, yes, the, the, the big exactly. thing on the tank. In the back. And it used to be, I thought, relatively simple stuff. There was like this little chain. ball thingy yeah. and a chain. Yeah. I've got ones now that uh, I open it up and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What am I looking at? This so you're sitting not... on a throne, in essence. I'm looking not down just... into it and I'm like, I don't have any idea what this stuff is. So your toilet is smarter than you. Is that what you're saying? It's not the way I remember toilets Okay, being. all right. So um... so I try to like move things around and make so it So that would stop. be a no. Well, I just keep moving things around until eventually it stops. Do you know how to find a stud in the wall? I know there's a thing called a stud finder. I don't own one. Okay. Y- yeah. Uh, 38% of people can find uh, a stud. Without a stud finder, how do you find it? I keep I'd, knocking I'd, holes in well, the that, wall like you do and then know, covering <laughs> it with toothpaste? You can actually knock on the wall you can and you can hear the different it? signs. Oh, okay. okay. But, but the, the, more, the more appropriate way would be you to use the a stud, stud finder. finder. How about patching a hole in drywall? Don't use toothpaste. No. Don't use a toothpaste. No, That's never, usually how I do that. never patched a hole in drywall. Um, okay, then again, so I don't go deal. around making holes in drywall, so that's a good thing. <laughs> that is a good thing. So, I mean, the fact that only this percent or that percent know how to do these things doesn't outrage me. Mm-hmm. We, we have Google for a reason, folks. It's called using your resources, right? <laughs> and when you use your resources, that's not a bad thing. No. So the fact that like two in five adults can't fix a single household problem without Google. Okay, well, then you know what? You have Google. Go back to the 1900s. Let's just go back to 1990. I would say two in five adults couldn't spell correctly without using a dictionary. Or you spell know, check. But no, right. we're oh, going to the, yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay? I see what you're saying. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah, had yeah. to yeah. use the tool and the resources That's what you, you had, had. Right? Either now, that or your mom. Now we have different tools and resources. Mm. So what? Hmm. The, the whole thing for me is, does the job get done? I don't care how it gets done. I don't care if it gets done by trial and error. My husband does. My husband does not like it getting say, done by trial and error. I was going to say, he does not. Error. Let's do this wrong I, You know what? I'm the just get it done. He's the get it done right. Yeah, we're a little different in that regard. But as long as it gets done, I'm happy. Now, does that mean that you failed and tried again? toothpaste or does that mean you went on google and learned it or does that mean you hire somebody to do it right i don't care just get it done kevin made the point uh you know th- you think about you know in the way way back machine can i just can we just order the time life books on home repair oh, wasn't yeah, there like a whole right? series of those remember Bob that? vila yeah Bob vila can we was that cheating back in the day no if google machines cheating today i don't know 85% of the people over 65 can accomplish at least one of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do they know how to download an app? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's how things change. Wow. So what? Use Google and get it done. <sighs> yeah. I'm not a do-it-yourselfer. I admit it, though. But, again, I can, I can work my way on a car pretty You can easily. hire Chris. He's really good at this I stuff. know. He's super I should good. just do that. He is good. That's why he gets mad when I don't do it right. Yeah. And use toothpaste. Uh, 
Iranian government officials using the Twitter machine similarly to the way Trump is using it. Will they get his attention with their latest tweet? We'll talk about that. It's coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. So, um, we have Iranian officials, uh, advisors to the president of Iran, using the Twitter machine in a similar trolling fashion as the way Trump does. But are they getting his attention? The reason I say that is because uh, this tweet, which is, uh, what was it? Uh, it went out uh, yesterday. Okay. <laughs> One in the morning. Um, from an Iranian government official. And, and uh, you know, you're going to have to take my word for it. The, tr- the translation, if you will, it was written in Arabic. Uh, it is a um, quote from the Ayatollah Khomeini. Translated, I agree, the whole world, if we want to stand against our religion, we will stand in front of all the world, from Khomeini. But the link in it is to a list of Trump-branded properties around the world. Now, Trump tweeted the other day about the 52 sites that had been chosen or whatever. It appears that the clapback, if you will, from Iranian government officials is, we see your 52, and we up you everything that has Trump on it, hotels, resorts, golf courses, et cetera. That escalated quickly. Yeah, um, and I would expect it to. This is this is troubling on a variety of different levels. Yeah. It's troubling from the United States perspective, and it's troubling from the Iranian perspective. So let's backtrack a little bit. We look at the this weekend when the president, while he was down at the Winter White House of Mar-a-Lago, one of the properties that yes. was listed, yes. said that he had a list of 52 potential Iranian targets. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, as in these cases, you'll have people within the White House who are not authorized to speak on the matter, but they do. And they're saying those 52 targets that were identified that the president was talking about were not cultural centers, that they were military bases. They were um, those types of. You would expect. Yeah, exactly. Right. Air Force bases, uh, you know. Yeah. They Military command. None of none of the fifty two qualified as cultural sites. Okay. Okay. But then the president casually on Twitter <laughs> said that these sites are very high level and important to Iran in the Iranian culture. Okay. And then, well, I guess you could make an argument but, that their military is part of their culture. No, not necessarily. No? Okay. So, I mean, like, right. in, in, instead of simply saying that the the sites, because there was backlash when 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 the president came out and said that they yeah, were because he was alleging Iran, a war crime and the Iranian culture. Which we know he's in favor. Of. There was there was a ton of backlash. Yeah. Yes, because it's not. It would be like attacking crime, right? mosques. So he could have simply just said, you know, mm-hmm. no, that the sites were not actually being targeted. Instead, he decided to double down. Mm-hmm. And with what reporters on Air Force One, he said that, you know, Iran can kill our people while we're not allowed to touch their cultural sites. It doesn't work that way. Well, the defense secretary for the United States says, actually, it does. Yeah. And so now you're starting to see even a rift within his own cabinet. So that's what started this. The president 
kind of offhanded comment to to reporters as well as tweets saying that the United States will target Iranian uh, cultural centers to which you have. Oh, I don't know what like the Stephen Miller, Steve Bannon kind of advisor. Yeah, an advisor to to the president uh, of Iran. Then, like you said, clapping back and listing the properties that President Trump owns. Good, bad, or indifferent. He linked, this is the Iranian presidential advisor, linked a Forbes article. And, you know, here's like New York City real estate, all the buildings, you know, from uh, 40 Wall Street to Trump Tower, uh, Trump Plaza. uh, It goes into golf courses, uh, U.S. golf courses, international golf courses, et cetera, et cetera. It's a list of all of the things that Trump owns. And, And if you think about it in this context... Uh, military bases, installations, troops, uh, there are uh, defensive postures, there are a way to defend those, they're built in a certain way to, you know, our bases overseas and whatnot. Are Trump's golf courses built to fend off a attack of any way, shape, or form? Oh, no, they're not They're not fortified to withstand a military attack by any way, shape, or form. Okay, so play this out. I'm and I'm not trying to make like a huge jump here, even no, though it's right. going to sound like it, but you just kind of follow my lead here. I'm ready. Yesterday, you had the Trump administration come out and tell Americans not to travel to areas of Israel. And right. Palestine. Yeah, that it's uniquely West dangerous Bank, right now. West Bank, Gaza yeah. Strip. Um, there's a travel advisory because of the heightened tensions in the Middle East. Makes sense. Makes, t- makes total sense. So there is a travel alert for Jerusalem, Israel, West Bank, and Gaza. Given what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just say one tweet, but a travel advi- would you travel to a Trump property right now? I'll be honest. I've never been to a Trump property. I've, I've I've had no reason. It's not that I'm avoiding them. It's not that I'm seeking them out. It's never been an option, and it's never yeah, even because, been something I've considered. Because again, right, wrong, or indifferent, they're not saying they're going to attack the White House or the Pentagon. They basically put out a list that said Mar-a-Lago Golf Course. <laughs> Trump's home in Sterling, Virginia. It is dangerous. It Tr- is so Trump Plaza dangerous. in downtown New York City. The, the 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 golf course in Scotland. Hey, all we're, we're not. Here's what their tweet was. We're not saying. We're just saying. Here's a list of places. Yeah, you know. I the, don't know if you. Are, do you think people would change your travel plans? Do you think there's people that live in? Because a lot of these are condos yeah, and things like that. Do you think power? people are like? Uh, we should probably go on vacation from our Trump property right now. Yeah, it, it's it's so dangerous on so many different levels because when you're looking at like a military conflict, it's usually something that happens between militaries, right? Well, usually, it, usually, it yeah. Used to. And and you also have the foreign minister of Iran who sat down with ABC and has said this: "It's the United States that doesn't obey rules of international law and claims that it will carry out disproportionate response against cultural sites." That makes me think. Clearly, they will be U.S. military targets. That's what our military people have said, but that's a decision that we will make at the appropriate time. In essence, what Iran is saying is Mm. we're going to be attacking military installations 
not cultural centers or Trump properties, so to speak. We're going to keep this between our militaries. I, I got to believe the Iranian, Iranians over this? I, 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 mean, I get I you, just, I, I, I get uh, you. but you see uh, how this can escalate quickly yeah. and a miscalculation. By the way, which do you think Trump would hate more? Uh, a, a attack on a military installation or an attack on a Trump property? Uh, both. Come on now, both. Yeah. I think a Trump-branded golf course being any sort of a target. And I think the Iranians probably know that, sadly. Further proof how Arizona is a, what do you want to call it, state in play. You've heard it referred to as not red or blue anymore, but purple, somewhere in the middle. We'll tell you what we found out. That's coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. You know, you don't have to go back too far, Pamela, and it was a foregone conclusion that the way you won an election in the state of Arizona was to have an R next to your name. You're running for governor, you're running for senator, major, vast majority of, uh, of our congressional delegation, right? But that is changing, and it's changing for... Not just one reason. It would be unfair to just say, well, that's because of blank. There's a bunch of different factors that you could argue are converging right now on Arizona and even more specifically on Maricopa County. Yeah, when you say that they're converging, it means that you're going to be seeing a ton. You thought you saw a lot last time. A Nothing. ton of political oh. commercials here. A ton of ad Road campaigns. Signs. Tons of stuff. Why? Because we're in play. That's why. Mm. Because, so you're saying there's a chance, yeah. right? You know, you've got the yes, the no's, and the maybes. It appears as though Arizona is now a maybe. A lot okay? of maybe. A yeah. lot of maybe out there. Turning purple, if you will. And like you touched upon there, Bruce, why is that happening? Well, it's a variety of different reasons, and it's been happening over a period of time. This wasn't just last year or no. two years ago or because Donald Trump was elected. No, this is something that has been building for quite some time. Yeah, and we've seen the the trickle effect, if you will, from a variety of things. One of the things is that we know that Arizona and then specifically Maricopa County is one of the fastest growing count states and counties in the United States. People are moving here from all over. And the idea that the people moving here are all monolithically of one sort uh, uh, political is not true. And as a matter of fact, many of the people moving here are already purple, if you will, are already moderates of some form, slightly left, slightly right, whatever it might be, and that that has a dilution effect. Yeah, but you also have, and you hear this, this conversation quite a bit, a lot of folks from California leaving California, lots of taxes. People are pouring out of, of California, right? And when you think of California, do you think they're liberal or do you think they're conservative? Yeah. Well, and, and again, it depends on where they're coming from. But yeah, most. Yeah, I know city versus rural and so on and so forth. But when you look at California as a whole, you look at it and you go, it's a liberal state. And, and they bring their politics with. Correct. Them. Exactly. So that so the fact that Arizona is growing is nothing new. We've been growing no. for quite some time. Um, but that. That's kind of like the the boiling frog, you know, the frog that's in the boiling water doesn't oh, know that it's being boiled because it happens know. over a short, a, a yeah. long period of time. Yeah. That's what's happening there. I like that we, analogy. We also have um, 
couple of other things at play here. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of, you have a bigger Hispanic population here in the state of Arizona. Duh. Percentage continues to grow. Right, exactly. And and you have a lot of young adults that are now becoming um, the age where they can vote. Got it. So they're going to have an impact on the state as well. Without a doubt. And, and, and politically, they are not in line with where the Republican Party is these days. So you can see where that has a, again, I use the term dilution effect. But yeah, I mean, like even in the last election, you, you look at in, in 2018, you look at the midterms. And you see like a fall in you know participation, not as many people participate. But you saw that the the participation with Hispanics in the midterm just fell a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just just a little bit. Not that huge fall that we typically see. It just dipped slightly below the 2016 election, which had which was massive tons of uh, uh, interest. Exactly. Here, here's something that and, and when you think about it like this, that that traditionally and for decades, Arizona uh, was disproportionately when you took a look at the country, disproportionately had an older demographic that we were a place where people came to retire. You know, we we you know, we can make fun of them, the Sun Cities, the anthems, or whatnot. And then uh, you know, we see the the people here with uh, Minnesota license plates. You know, they 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 got out of the cold. They came to Arizona, if you will. And so, when you looked at it, you had an older and whiter populace than the national average, and that tended to lean more to the right. Tended to lean more towards Republicans. Well, that older vote isn't what it once was for a variety of reasons. And it's not necessarily that people aren't coming here and retiring still. It's that they're being offset by and at least balanced by the people moving here who are younger, not coming here to retire, coming here to work and start a family, et cetera. I think this is awesome. I think it's great that Arizona is purple. And hear me out here for a second. It's not because I think the traditional conservative Republican stance that the state has had is bad. I don't believe that at all. What I think feel is so awesome about what's happening right now is that both sides have to fight for your vote. Yeah. Whether you are on the left or whether you are on the right, somebody has to talk to you and fight for you. It's no longer a foregone conclusion. Right. right. And, and I, so now you're having to work for it. And I think when people have to work for it, we all benefit no matter which side you're on. I would on. argue an example of that is Senator Cinema, uh, who obviously appealed to people across party lines. We saw that, which is why Governor Ducey won as an R and she won as a D, that some people split their vote like a that. A lot of people split their and, and And you could argue that Senator Cinema is certainly moderate, at least, when it comes to what a D looks like. Heck, she'd be a Republican in most other places. I think you're going to see a lot of yeah. ballot splitting, so to speak, coming up potentially oh, I, I in, in 2020 as well. Yeah. Where, seen, yeah. yeah. Where people, uh, yeah, politicians that have to actually vie for your vote. It's not a foregone conclusion. I like it. I like that. Why are military members currently being deployed without their cell phones? We're talking about that next.